Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. Dan, you have been talking in workshops recently about leadership in a new way that I find quite exciting because leadership's one of the most discussed topics ever. And you've talked about it being the border between certainty and uncertainty. And I found this really interesting because it's sort of nonpartisan <laughs> in terms of what angle someone takes. So what do you mean when you say that leadership is really the boundary between certainty and uncertainty? Well, it's actually that you have mastered and you can explain for other people that in any situation, There are things that we really know that we can bet on and we're really confident about them. And there are things that we don't know. These are things that have to be researched. These are things that have to be explored and experimented with. They're simply not certain yet. Okay, so I'll give an example from our own experience here at Strategic Coach. And the particular way of talking about certainty and uncertainty is a new thinking tool in Strategic Coach that I just introduced to the 10 times workshops and the free zone workshops over the last two months. Mm -hmm. It's one of those tools that every once in a while, you know two things about it, it's just a total winner and everybody immediately gets value out of it. But the other thing is there's nothing to change about it. Mm -hmm. It seems to have been born in complete living life. It just works as a thinking process. And you could go down the road 10 years, 25 years, and you say it would still be useful. It would still be useful. So it's a really terrific exercise. Why I did it was, and I'm going to give you a particular focus. So there's a first part of the thinking exercise, and it's where you see a possibility of real progress and a real jump in achievement in something you're doing. So you simply communicate, well, this is the possibility and this is why I think it's important. And I think there's a possibility of a really great breakthrough here and it would be a huge advantage to us if we do. So you get everyone to think through something. It could be in your personal life, it could be in your business life. And they just get clear about what it is that they want to examine from the standpoint of certainty and uncertainty. So they do that. And I have them brainstorm first. You know, I'm just going to give you a minute or two. And I'm just going to have you write down everything that's a possibility. And possibilities for me, Shannon, are things that we keep coming back to in our mind, but we haven't really communicated it to anyone. And we really haven't taken action on it, but it's a persistent thought. It's a persistent thought that you're probably sleeping on it, you're daydreaming, you know, but you're not to the point. And one of the things is that it's got such importance. I think there's a very profound emotional feeling about it. And it's got such importance that you don't want to screw it up by starting it the wrong way. Ooh, that's a really interesting point. So it it has some weight to it. It's kind of precious. Yeah, you know it's significant, but you haven't felt around the edges yet. Yeah, and you don't want to get started on it and include other people on it until you really have thought it through and you haven't thought it through completely yet. It keeps coming back. There's parts about it that you're very excited about, but there's an area of it where you're not really sure And you're not quite sure how to talk about what you're excited about and what you're 
perhaps worried about or you're not feeling confident about. So it's a very, very interesting. And I notice entrepreneurs have these thoughts all the time. They have these feelings all the time. And they can sometimes almost say, well, I'm just going to go for it and we're going to go for this. But they haven't prepared properly for other people to understand it. They haven't prepared for other people to bring their experience in. You know, they haven't really taken into account, well, do we actually have the time and the resources Mm -hmm. to actually do this? And I've seen entrepreneurs almost destroy their companies by starting on something that they just got excited about. And they've said, I don't care if anybody supports me on this. I don't really care if anybody understands. We're going to do this. And if this team can't do it, I'll get a new team to do it. You know, And people say, do entrepreneurs actually do this? And I said, I know people you know, who've been in the program that in the course of their lifetime, they've done this 10 times. And what I mean is destroyed their entire company with a new idea. (laughs) Yeah, I am destroyed companies, but I've mucked up the works sometimes with new ideas. You know, I've created confusion. I've created nervousness in the ranks by doing this. So I'm at the point where I just don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. But having said that about us, okay, so my idea is that the idea that is now a major market book called Who Not How, which is already about an eight times bestseller. Bestseller is 15,000 copies and we're past eight times. And this is in five months, this book, Who Not How. And our sales team is saying, everybody's talking about it. Our coaches are saying, everybody's talking about it. Our program advisors are saying, everybody's talking about this idea of Who Not How. It's a very simple idea that entrepreneurs, when they get a great new idea, like the one I'm talking about, are very excited about a new goal, a new jump in their future. But then they paralyze themselves because they say, well, how am I going to do that? Well, in fact, they don't have the skills to do it. They have the skills to define it for other people as a goal. They can very clearly say, this is the next step our companies have to take, but they get into trouble and they procrastinate when they say, well, now how am I going to do this? Well, you already defined the what, so what you have to do now is you have to find the who's who will actually provide you with all the skills, all the capabilities, all the resources to actually accomplish the goal. It doesn't have anything with you doing anything but getting the right who's focused on the what. So that's the basic idea. Mm -hmm. And every entrepreneur I've ever met gets it in less than 30 seconds. And when you talk to them, oh my gosh, I wish I'd known about that 20 years ago. Oh my gosh, I could have skipped school. I could have skipped grade school. I could have skipped high school. I could have skipped college. If I knew that when I was seven years old, I would have been decades ahead in my success as an entrepreneur. Because in fact, all success in the world happens to those individuals and happens to those organizations where there's a clear vision of how things can grow. But the person with the vision doesn't necessarily do the hows. Mm. They get a who to do the how. So I've had such enormous, powerful response as a coach, you know, and being in other groups where we talked about the who, not how. And I just noticed all you have to do 
is, say, the term. And it's not even my idea. It's Dean Jackson, who's a great internet marketer. He's the person who actually told it. But I immediately saw this makes total sense of 30 years of strategic coach experience. I said, there's something here that's right at the middle of everything we've created over the last 30 years. And I asked Dean's permission, can we just run with this? And he said, yes. So I had this idea that when we're explaining strategic coach in a marketing, you know, we're out talking to brand new people and we're talking to existing people and we have three levels of growth and that there are people who have been in strategic coach and they're not in strategic coach right now. They've, they've gone out. We say there's a new coach and everything starts with who, not how. And the understanding of all of our other, and they number more than 100, shortcuts for entrepreneurs, every one of those shortcuts you get to by going through a doorway called who, not how. Okay. So as I'm putting the idea together and the form that I created for this, you know, that's a process that people write in their answers, that you ask them certain questions and they do that. So that's really the project that we worked on, Shannon. So over to you. <laughs> so Dan, this is, you know, a great example of you want this to be kind of like the cornerstone, almost what people know that coaches the doorway. I love that description. So what for you is certain and what for you is uncertain? Or what do people do next with their idea in this thinking tool that you're talking about? Because someone could just write it on a piece of paper. So what's certain for you and what isn't certain about this particular idea? Yeah. So the big thing, first of all, the success of the book. Okay. I mean, it's our first real major market book. It's with Hay House. Terrific, terrific publisher. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, I didn't write the book. You and I wrote a small book together, which is for our clients. But for a major market book that really takes off in the general public, I don't have that type of writing skill. I don't have that voice in my head to actually do that. But we're eight times bestseller in the first five months, you know, and it'll go forever because it's a timeless book. And the other thing is that we've introduced new thinking processes into Strategic Coach, one of them called the Who Expander. Everybody got it. Everybody loved it. You know, the other thing has just become a common language. You introduce the concept and immediately they start taking, well, who, not how, you know, I got to find the who's on this. So there seems to be something that gets into the entrepreneurial bloodstream very, very quickly with this, and then it's nutritious. <laughs> it's kind of nutritious. They feel great, and they don't see it as delegation. They see it as getting people who are actually better than them involved, okay? So I go down the list, and you know I've got abundant proof that this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Now, is it a big enough deal to spend quite a bit of time, quite a bit of effort to actually change our whole focus, our whole narrative about strategic coach, our whole way of explaining strategic coach mm. in the marketplace? Now I've hit an area of uncertainty. Right. Okay. That's really interesting. And by the way, since we're talking about who, not how, people can get their copy at whonothow.com. So if you want to check that out. So this is interesting, Dan, because you're one of the most self-assured and confident people I know, especially about your ideas. Mm -hmm. So it's actually kind of interesting in, in an odd way, reassuring to know that there are some parts 
that are uncertain for you mm-hmm. or that you're not completely confident about. So I think this is one of the really interesting things about certainty and uncertainty is actually as an entrepreneurial owner, leader, to share your uncertainties creates an enormous amount of confidence for your team that you maybe don't have it all figured out and there is room for other people's creativity and input. But I'm just curious about this project. What for you is uncertain about this? Yeah. So what I see is that from this point forward, you know, in the near future, let's say in the near future, from now on, any address, any talking about strategic coach is saying, well, there is a central concept in strategic coach. It's called who, not how. Mm -hmm. And you simply explain, as I've just explained a few minutes ago, what that means is that you can have endless big dreams as an entrepreneur providing you don't hold yourself accountable for the person who actually does the hows Mm -hmm. to get the goal. And you keep building a bigger and bigger team and network of very, very skilled people who love you giving them big goals that they can take their special skills, what we call unique ability and strategic coach. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody is an entrepreneur. Not everybody wants to create a company But probably everybody who's skillful on the planet wants an opportunity where they can take the best thing they can do and direct it to a big breakthrough in teamwork with other people. Probably everybody on the planet wants that. I just want my greatest abilities to be applied to exciting big projects. And I can do this on a team and we all love it. We all love it. That'd be the greatest experience. So... My sense is that once an entrepreneur realizes that their personal goals, their business goals can be as big as can be, as long as they don't make themselves responsible for being the person who does the house, mm-hmm. gets to the much bigger one. They just take advantage of other people's capabilities. They make more money. They can pay for more people. Their time gets freed up. They can focus on bigger and bigger goals. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing here. now. Just to test out my theory, and there are certain things that I'm uncertain about. So I'm just going to tell you some things I'm uncertain about. Our company is really busy. We've just gone through the most dramatic year in the company history, and we did amazingly well. I mean, from my perspective, I think we did an absolutely superb job of how we got through this year. But people are really busy. The other thing is... We've developed particular ways of talking about strategic coach in the marketplace, and our sales team are used to this. Our marketing team is used to this. Our coaches are used to doing it this way. Our program advisors are used to doing this. Our production team is used to presenting our materials in a certain way. So we're not talking about one or two people having to change the way they talk about things. We're talking about literally dozens yeah. And while you're at it, why not just say the whole company has to <laughs> yeah. talk about this? And the clients have to learn how to talk about this because they are actually our biggest marketing team is actually the existing clients. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm just seeing teamwork complexity and not my skill area, you know, not my skill area. So you saw this about two months ago when I first introduced it. Talk a little bit about what it was like to have Dan after decades actually say he was uncertain about something. It was actually great. And it's what I mentioned before. It's just that, you know, as someone who is so self-assured and confident about your ideas, to recognize and acknowledge the complexity, not that it's not solvable, because I'm totally on board with this project, but it's 
you know, just to recognize that there are people's mindsets will have to shift, activities will have to shift. One of the biggest complexities, especially if you and I do the video that we've talked about, finding time in our calendars is a complexity. You know, just to know that you're aware of those things makes it a couple things. One is it just means, oh, okay, you've got the big picture. So that's reassuring. It also means that there's an openness and there's teamwork possible. If someone were to come across with any idea and just say unilaterally, we're doing this, figure it out. There's a feeling of being put upon rather than collaborating. So when you really are outlining the certainty, uncertainty, you know, line or, you know, making it really clear, it allows people to go, oh, I actually have an idea about this. I'm the who <laughs> for that particular part. And it invites collaboration, invites teamwork, invites cooperation, invites creativity. So I think you're actually much more likely to get your result, anyone will, if they come at it with this perspective rather than just going, we're doing this no matter what, because that's what destroys companies and teams are like, no, I'm not on board. So I think it's very wise is my answer to that. The other thing is that entrepreneurs oftentimes get very hardwired in their thinking about things from their early years as an entrepreneur, where oftentimes they're on their own. Mm -hmm. And so a new possibility only requires them gearing themselves up for it and taking action. Okay. Mm -hmm. In other words, they're dealing with uncertainty, but the uncertainty is totally contained within themselves. Okay. It's not anybody else that they have to include in the adventure. They have to make a sale. Well, it only really involves them and a check writer. That's the only thing that it really involves. But we're in our fourth decade of a strategic coach and, you know, we're in three countries and we've got well over a hundred team members and coaches. And I said, you know, they're doing a great job as they understand coach right now. I mean, we've been very successful. So I said, there's not one thing that has to be altered here. There are probably hundreds of things, but I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are, and I have no way of taking them into consideration. So the only thing that I can do is give an accurate picture to everybody that I talk to about this is this is a possibility. I think it's a big deal. This we know that this concept, more than any other concept that we've created since the 1980s, this is probably the most instantly catalyzing and transforming concept to people's thinking and their confidence about the future. We already have proof of this and everybody knows about this and it's two years in the making. It's not something that started three months ago. However, to do this, I'm not sure that we have the time. I'm not sure we have the resources. We certainly don't have sort of a general strategy. We certainly don't have a general sense of how long this would take and everything like that. So I'm just gonna lay it out to people. I'm excited about this. Other people are excited about this. This much we know, but I'm telling you, there's a lot we don't know, and I don't have the answers. Other people have the answers for what I don't know. So I'm just gonna put it out there saying, what do you think? Yeah. So Dan, what is the next step? So in the thinking tool where you kind of outline the certainties and the uncertainties, what's the next step after that? So what do people do with they're thinking once they've laid it out? Well, there's two things because I'm coaching this this quarter in my workshops. So I have about four or 500 entrepreneurs that I'm doing this. So there's two things I'm getting across. This exercise for certainty and uncertainty is a great new tool we have. And here's a 
topic that we're working on right now, so you can see how we're thinking about this topic. But what we're going to ask you to do is to pick your topic. What's the possibility you want to work on? And, you know, they work on what's crucial in their company. They work on what's crucial in their life. So everybody has a different. The response to the tool of certainty, uncertainty has been amazing. People just love it. They said, this is a totally different way of communicating. In my position as a leader, in my role as an expert, you know, with my customers and clients, this is a totally different way of communicating where you just divide your experience into certainty and uncertainty. So that's being accomplished. I mean, Mm. you know, I'm halfway through the quarter with it and it's working great. The other thing is I want to test out the idea of the who, not how, Mm -hmm. being their gateway to all the concepts they've learned in the program. And I've got nothing but positive feedback. They said, you know, that sounds like a great idea. And they said, you know, maybe we should think about it in our company that we have a central concept that's the doorway. So there's a lot of different levels of learning that are going here. So I've done it with the client base. And I think by the end of April, I'll have a pretty good read that there's nobody opposed to this. First of all, there's nobody who says, no, no, don't do this. No, this confuses everything. No, there's been nothing. They said, you know, makes sense. Makes sense what you're talking about. And if you need my support, you got my support. I would be really happy to see you, the strategic coach company, do this. You know, I always test on check writers out in the marketplace before I test on anyone else. But in a couple of weeks at a very, very big early year team meeting where we have every one of our team meetings in a Zoom, it'll be a big Zoom meeting. We're all going to go through the certainty, uncertainty exercise. And again, I'm doing double duty here because I want every team member to pick a possibility that's exciting to them. They're not working on my possibility. They're working on their possibility, and they learn the tool, and we talk about that. But then in demonstrating how the tool works, I'm introducing the idea of the who, not how. So Sneaky. Sneaky, Dan. Very sneaky. Very, you know, when you've been around as long as I have, you have all sorts of tricks on how to, you know, I love it. Very strategic. Well, it's interesting because I think what happens also, I know because we did it with coaches and then we're also, I've been in some of the workshops you've been in, people actually add to the certainties, you know, and if you get a ton of resistance or like, oh, and we also don't know blah, 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 and they fill in the uncertainty list, you're like, oh, okay, that's even more to think about now. So I think it is a fabulous way to test on check writers, Mm -hmm. which includes your team as a way to get that idea. And then people kind of put up their hands and start saying, I'm who for that? or I can solve that problem. And you were talking earlier that everyone kind of wants to be contributing to that larger purpose. There is nothing better than knowing that your unique ability makes you the who. There's something incredibly gratifying. Mm -hmm. So it's a fabulous way of instigating teamwork. Mm -hmm. It's a who attractor. It is. Because, you know, I have examples in the past where I was totally clear about something and I just put it into a form saying, I'm totally sold on this. We're going to do it 100%. And when it's finished, this has to be true. This has to be this true. And that works. That works. But usually it's an area that there's general approval in the company for this type of project. And people have done this type of project before. This is new territory. So, you know, what we're doing here is new territory. So my sense is when it involves literally the understanding and cooperation of everyone, 
and it's new territory, you want to just get your understanding of the present situation out to as many people and clearly as you can, because they've all got different things that they can contribute. If it's going to be a successful breakthrough, we're going to need everybody's good ideas. We're going to need everybody's unique abilities to pull this off. I really love this, Dan, for a couple of reasons. As a leader, it's critical to get everyone's buy-in. You know, your definition of leadership is providing direction. So your direction is not just do this, because that's a very autocratic approach, not a teamwork approach, but it's like, here's what we know and here's what we don't know, right? And that's clear. Dan, can you also share the example of when David Ryling did this? Yeah, David is a very innovative, not a private banker, but he owns banks. So Mm -hmm. some countries you don't own banks as individuals, but in the United States you can. So he was very instrumental in the understanding that the U.S. government, going back to the 08-09 mortgage Mm -hmm. crisis, crisis, you know, with mortgages, and that was biggest recession since the Great Depression, you know. So he met with officials in the federal government, you know, at the treasury level. And he said, look, you just did it wrong. He says, you get money out to the local level. You get money out so that small businesses that keep communities thriving, they have access to credit right off the bat. And you didn't do that. You went after the big banks and everything like that and the small business communities, which is most of business and most workers in the United States don't work in large corporations. They work in small business and they're local. Mm -hmm. So he had already informed them. And so the Small Business Administration, which brought out the government aid for the COVID, Mm -hmm. they did it right. They did it right. But still, it was new for them. And what got communicated over a period of four meetings David had virtual conference meetings using a technology called Lodestone, which is created by one of our really, really amazing free zone entrepreneurs, Stephen Palter and Michelle Palter. It's called Lodestone, and it's a way to create instant conferences. But not only that, it does research on what people are thinking about before, during, and after, and you can just take what they're clear about and keep moving it into the area where they're unclear. Mm -hmm. So over four conferences over a period of two months, they just moved the whole understanding of about 1,800 small businesses who had taken government loans, but they said, you know, what are the conditions? What are the payback conditions? And what it came out was that the Small Business Administration was watching this exercise. They were getting the results. They were amazed at how much clarity they got from one bank with its 1,800 customers that applied to everybody in the United States. Mm -hmm. And what he was doing with each conference, he was moving the border between clarity and unclarity. And before the process started, only about 15% of the people who had taken loans said that they were clear about the repayment schedule and the repayment conditions. And at the end, 85%. So he had shifted it from one extreme to almost another extreme. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was part of this in the creation of the whole Lodestone conferencing over the last 10 years. But I was also having a sense of what was going on in the big picture over the last year. And I said, these so-called medical experts who are coming out, they're everywhere. You know, every jurisdiction has a chief medical officer And they're making all sorts of pronouncements 
that aren't medical pronouncements. They're political pronouncements. They're social pronouncements. They're economic things. And they're doctors. You know, they can give you some sense of where the virus is, but they can't give you any sense of how society should respond to this or how communities should respond to this. And I said, they're not experts. They don't know where the border is between certainty and uncertainty. And I said, they should stop using the word medical expert, saying, you know, our medical consultant has informed us in the area where that person actually knows something, but they don't know how to run a society. And I said, this whole notion of expert has to be rethought. And that my feeling is there's no expert who you should take seriously who isn't defining the possibility, what's certain about the possibility and what's uncertain about the possibility. If they don't do that, they're not an expert and you don't have to pay any attention to them. Or a leader, you know, a leader in anything. My sense is in any solution to anything requires transforming complexity and complication into simplicity. Mm-hmm. And it requires doing this in teamwork mm-hmm. where everybody's best abilities can be focused on the best possible solutions. And my feeling is that in the certainty uncertainty, we've actually created a way of thinking about any situation in the world, personal or business, where there's a possibility, you're excited about it, but you're unclear what's certain and what's uncertain. And the exercise allows you to do that. It takes about a half hour just to do your thinking. And then it can clarify even more when you start discussing what you've discovered with other people. And you're not putting any pressure on them that they have to do this. We don't know if we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. We're discovering whether we can do this. Yeah, I love it because you were talking about David and he demonstrated such incredible leadership because he moved the line to the point where the Small Business Administration is Sunrise Banks, by the way, is his company. Minneapolis. In Minneapolis, thank you. So he moved the line. He created so much more certainty and that's what people are so hungry for. They're hungry for that nourishment from leadership. I look at the news occasionally, not very often, and I get so jaded and so cynical because everyone's completely certain about everything. And I know they're not. The person I would respect is actually the person who say, this is what we know for sure. This is what we don't know for sure. Treat me like an intelligent adult, which I am, and allow me to go, oh, okay, that's a useful way of thinking about that. I mean, there's a massive opportunity right now because I think you know, just in terms of the strange times we're living in, to actually be the person who says, here's what we know, here's what we don't know. Here's what's certain, here's what's not certain. I love this conversation because it's, to my mind, an opportunity for all of us, you know, as we're listening to kind of do that and then also encourage other people that we're listening to where we want direction. Say, hey, define this line for me. This would help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing that entrepreneurs are discovering and they're kind of amazed with it, this is not about confidence, no confidence. This is about certainty, uncertainty. And you can be totally confident that you know that there's a border between certainty and uncertainty. So it's no reflection on you as an individual. It's not about your confidence. I'm very confident about the possibility. I'm very confident about what I'm certain about. And I'm also very, very confident about what I'm uncertain about. So it has no reflection whatsoever. And I think people have mixed this up. If I'm the least bit uncertain, it means that I'm not confident. No, it has nothing to do with confidence. Okay. As a matter of fact, probably the fact that you won't define the border between certainty and uncertainty means that 
actually, you're not confident. No. Well, it's interesting as you said that, Dan, because I'm like, okay, when I've gotten into trouble, it's when I was really confident in my idea, but I pushed it too far into that part of uncertainty. And then I know I'm on shaky ground. And I'm like, the feeling is, oh, no, I need to. Well, and then this. you start hyping, then you start hyping or you start attacking the naysayers. There are some people who have a feel, a great feel for solutions. And other people have a great feel for how problems have to be approached so that you come up with a solution. Mm-hmm. And you need all kinds of thinking. When the outcome involves everybody, you've got to have everybody in right from the beginning. I love it. Dan, thank you for defining a new way to approach leadership by defining the boundary between certainty and uncertainty. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon.